Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It's your boy Terry Rozier. You're listening to the Causeway Street Podcast. Now listen to my boys Joe Sway, Joel, and Sean. We thought that this was going to be the Celtics turning point, but obviously they have hit rock bottom. Rock bottom? So now this is the emergency podcast, With Causeway Street Podcast, ah. because of what happened Saturday night against the Los Angeles Clippers. Sound the alarm. Yeah, pretty much, man. Wah, 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 wah. No, Sunday morning, I get a text from Sean Dutra. Telling me, yo, podcast, let's do it. Group text to me and Joel. So here we are. Joseph Pavone here, Sean Dutra. Joel will be joining us over the phone momentarily, but he won't be the only one. All right. So because we don't know how the hell the subs are going to solve this problem that they're in right now, I've lined up a bunch of guests for this episode who are going to try to, as a group, we're going to all try to figure out what's going Line on with the up. Celtics and how... Brad Stevens and the Celtics can get the best out of these guys. Yeah, man, not gonna lie. Last night was tough. Last night, I mean, twenty-eight night point lead was tough. Last night was not good. It, it was not good when you have the fact that the Celtics blew a twenty-eight point lead, the fact that Kyrie got injured, and the fact that Marcus Morris basically said, "Hey, Kyrie, remember when you said I don't owe anyone shit? And you thought that was going to be the the controversial quote of the year?" He said. I got. I'll do you one better. Yo, that's been the case all season long, though. Every time there's a headline, every time there's a uh, a, a story, which has been most of the time, has been a lot of drama. It's been a lot of drama, Kyrie Irving related. And every time we think that's it, I'll do you one better. Marcus Morris was the one that said, "You know what? I'll do you one better. I'll tell you guys the truth. I'll tell you what it is, what's going on right now." That's exactly what happened well, following Saturday Night's I, Laws. I have a lot of feelings about, about what's going on with the Celtics right now. I think two two major points. First point is that, let me ask you this. Marcus Morris on a team that's not led, quote-unquote, led leadership, Kyrie's leadership, not led by Kyrie Irving, who his form of leadership is say something that causes drama every two weeks. Mm. Does Marcus Morris come out and say this after this loss? 
The answer is no. The answer is absolutely <laughs> no. He doesn't. I don't even want you to answer maybe. I don't know. No. The answer is no. This attitude reflects leadership, Captain. What movie is that from? Ooh, great, great quote. Yeah. That's what Remember I'm talking Titans. about. Remember the time. Yes. And it's true. It's true. The Celtics attitude, the bad attitude, the bad juju is reflected in the leader. And the leader, for all intents and purposes, is Kyrie Irving. Well, Marcus Morris, after Saturday's loss, after the Celtics blew a 28-point lead, um, regardless of Kyrie Irving played or not in that second half, Sean, that, that's unacceptable, right? You, you had that much of a cushion. You're supposed to finish that out Yeah, against the Clippers. Nah, I mean, yeah. Oh, oh yes. Okay, so Marcus Morris addressed the attitude that he's seen from his teammates. He said, and I quote, for me, it's not about the loss. It's about the attitude that we're playing with. Guys are hanging their heads. It's not fun. We're not playing at a high level. Even when we're winning, it's still not fun. I thought that was very interesting that he added that. He also added that. I watch all these guys around the league. Guys are jumping on the bench. Guys on the court. They're jumping on the court. They're doing other stuff, and it looks like they're enjoying their teammates' success. They're enjoying everything. They're playing together. They're playing to win. When I look at us, I see a bunch of individuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I really feel like the way – I mean, obviously it was a tough loss. It was a tough two losses. They have just been coming off playing their best basketball of the year, though, right? So for this to go from from the best to what you quoted as rock bottom, which I'm not going to say they're not at rock bottom, but – this is when how's it how's it not rock bottom? When has it been worse this season? Yeah, this is this was probably the worst loss, the worst loss in a very long time. This is the worst loss Brad Stevens ever endured as the head coach of the Celtics. See, they've lost a lot of game sevens. I don't know. I think the Cavs lost last year would be the worst loss. No, yeah, it's not. Yeah, they could have made to the did finals. They, did they blow a twenty-eight point lead in that game? They blew a little bit of a lead. Mm, this is worse. anyways. This anyways, is worse. whatever it is, whatever it is. Here's my thing. This is this is what this is where I'm going to come from with the fact that Marcus Morris of all people. What do you mean of all people? What does that mean? Of all people, he's he's the leader on this team. Are the ones coming out right after the trade deadline to say that there's issues on the Celtics team. This is 100% a reaction to the fact that Philly, Milwaukee, and Toronto all got better. At the trade deadline, what did the Celtics do? Yeah, but that's when you're supposed to group. You, that's but when wait. you're supposed to wait, wait, wait. That's when you're supposed to come together as a group and prove that you can be better than those guys because of the amount of talent. The what, same thing we've been saying all hold, season. Hold long. on, though. What are the Celtics' focuses, though? What is Danny Ainge's focus, though? And from all, every report out there, what is Danny Ainge focused on? One hundred percent for the season, or no. talking about in general? In general, Dizzy Davis. Yeah, but that's not no. That's not the in general focus, though. It is the in general that's focus. The focus once the season ends. It's yes, but not every, throughout the regular season. Every other team said this season. The Sixers said we're going for it this season. They 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 picked up two unrestricted free agents that could leave at the end of the season. The Toronto Raptors traded for an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season to win this year. The Bucks, they got better. They got better for this season. The Celtics. They all got better. They did. They all did. They all got better. But I'm just saying, if you're Marcus Morris, the quote-unquote leader of the team, who has legitimately no stake in the game after this season, there is zero chance. It's almost been like an understanding that he's not going to be back next season. He's having a good contract year. This is the problem. That's the problem. If he looked at the trade deadline and said, this is what we got then. 
that no we're no one else except me is focused on this year. It's all about next year. It's all about hey, how do we get Anthony Davis? Like that's a huge problem right now with these Celtics. I really do. I I really feel like the fact that Kyrie, Marcus Morris are not guaranteed to play after this year. Those are your two vocal leaders. Those are the two best players from start to finish yeah, but this you, year. But if you're if you're someone like Jalen Brown, if you're someone like I don't know, you're in trade talks. No, you're not in trade talks. Not necessarily. I mean, you could be. But listen, if you listen to the process, you podcast. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Trade talks. If you're if you're someone like Jalen Brown, and what I mean by that is someone who's made these adjustments, someone who's performed at a high level throughout the last month or so, and then you look at other guys like like Al Horford. Gordon Hayward. I mean, these are guys that are going to be in it for the long haul. Okay, maybe Jalen Brown is a bad example. But you look at the veterans on this squad, the other veterans that aren't named Kyrie Irving and Marcus Morris. Who's that, You're in it for the Al Horford and Gordon Hayward. Al Horford's got one year left on his deal. Okay, so then that's beyond 2020. Isn't it a player option? Yeah, he's not going to opt out of that. I know. He's at like who's going to Hayward? Hayward's not in a, any position to do anything. Look, I just my my point is Marcus Smart's your only guy on the team that's my point in is, but he's been in trade. My point too. is why not figure it out and Rozier's realize not, why not figure it out and realize that you have a chance to compete for a championship. I especially I, a team like the Celtics where they they went toe to toe with the Warriors and they could have won that game. But I agree, I agree with you. I agree with you that they need think, to I focus just, in on this season. I but, just think they're bored right now. They're bored. And that's why when you see them go no, against, they're not bored. when you see them go against the Philadelphia 76ers, no you're going to see a different team because that's been the story of this team all season long. They show up in the big games Time out. and when they play the teams that are borderline playoff teams, that's when they get their asses handed to them. That's been the case all season long. It has been, but if they're bored. Let's let's say instant reaction, you're Marcus Morris, right? Let's read into these comments. Okay. You're Marcus Morris. You know you have how many months? Three months left as a Celtic. I mean, Marcus Morris knows he's getting paid regardless right. whether he's in but, Boston or not. But let's let's be honest. You think he's like devastated that the Celtics might not sign him? He's been bought in all year. No, I don't think he's devastated that he might not sign him. But I think he views this as this is my best chance of my career probably because you know what? I'm going to take money after this year, whether it's with Orlando or whether it's with Golden State, right? I don't know where I'm going to land. I could be on a loser for the rest of my career. Right? I'm just saying, this is his chance to win a title. So he's been bought in all year. And that's, I think, why you've been watching that. But I'm just saying, if you're going to read into Marcus Morris's quotes, and you know that we found out since the game that Kyrie is going to be okay, it seems like. But right after that game, you lose, you have the trade deadline that's coming past and you don't, you don't get better. The trade deadline coming past every other team that you're competing with gets better. You lose to the Lakers and the Clippers on back-to-back nights, and the Clippers was arguably the worst loss of the season of the of his Celtics career. And the top on that, you don't know if Kyrie Irving is going to be okay. I mean, that basically, to him, could have just been like, this is my season right here. You know what I mean? This is it. This is what it is. You know what it is? Like, whatever. I, I've given up. Well, Moore says that he does want to win down the line. He said after the game that it has to be fun. Having to have fun doing, have to have fun doing this. I look at all these other teams, and again, he keeps talking about other teams, and guys are jumping on the court and guys are moving the ball. Guys are setting up and helping guys on defense. Guys are generally happy for each other. I look at this team and I don't see them. It does that. What, what, uh, I know we're going to be talking to a lot of our guests, so we got to keep this quick, but Brad Stevens, man, what does that have to do with Brad Stevens? I think Brad Stevens is like the, that's sort of the, the, what are you going to do about this moment right now? What, what does he do? We we said that earlier in the year when they went ten and ten, and then you saw them pick things up and become a winning team, right? What does he do in your your opinion to try to fix this? In my opinion, Brad Stevens has to be tougher. He has to call guys out. He has to put people 
he has to set a standard for his team. At the end of the day, Brad has been taking all the blame. He's been saying he has to do this. He has all to do the that. blame? Excuse me. At the end of the day, he's been blaming himself. As well okay, because no one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's been blaming himself. He's been when I say taking all the blame, I mean he's taking it on himself. He doesn't point the Trying fingers. To. And I'm not saying that he should like put people on blast, but at the same time, you have to put your players on a pedestal and say, "Look, we are talented enough to perform better. We have to a be the defensive team that we know that we've seen them be before, and b if you're not able to do so." Then you're asked to get benched, right? That's bench it. people. You why need to is, go. Why black Gordon, or white? Why is Gordon Hayward playing in that fourth quarter against the Lakers when you needed someone else to be in there to, to score? When you needed to, he when you're down, to inbound the ball. When you're down, you needed someone to perform at a high level, and you have Gordon Hayward in the mix. Why not bench Gordon Hayward and not give him his guaranteed 24, 25 minutes a game that he's been getting? But why not? Yeah, why it's not? February. Why not just beat the Lakers and then keep bait the Clippers without Hayward? And then you know what? In March, when you have a when you're at a, at a number two seed and you got a four game cushion against the number three seed because you've been on a nice winning streak, then you play Hayward. Then you get him ready for the season. Like the fact that right. Well, I'm not saying like bench him altogether. My, my my biggest problem with Brad Stevens, or at least I don't even have like a lot of problems with him. But my my thing with him right now is that he has this like. It's almost like no one has a short leash. No I mean, one has a short leash. And then you leash. look at someone like Shemi Ojale, who works his ass off, who's always willing to get in there yep, and fight yep. and be defensive and put those stops that the Celtics need, and you don't see him out there. You don't. When, you, when guys are performing, give them a short leash. Everyone should be on the short leash right now. Because you, like have, you have – you have like – you, don't, you don't see that. You have Semi. You have Robert Williams. You have – you have players that are another that one. Want Robert Williams. That not, want minutes. Why not see more Robert Williams? We, we did see him against the Clippers, which I I'm glad we saw a little bit of that. But I need more of it. If people aren't doing their if, job, they need to be benched. If Tice Tice ain't doing anything, shouldn't see the floor. If Baines isn't being a defensive force, shouldn't see the floor. And we're talking defense here, okay? Yeah. I know Tice had one hell of an offensive performance, but my point is defensively, this team has to be predicated on defense. That's been the culture. Every single year since Brad Stevens became the head coach of the Celtics. And we're not seeing that right now. Any other coach in the NBA still playing Brad, uh, Gordon Hayward, the amount of minutes Gordon Hayward's getting played? Any other coach other than Brad Stevens? No. So no. so here's the funny part. Unless, unless it's like a, a, a rebuilding team like the Suns or something like that. That's the only type of team I can think of. No, because they even bench Ryan be Anderson. Yeah, but Ryan Anderson is like literally checked out, though. But Has I Gordon mean, Hayward checked out? I don't know. Yeah, he could. I don't know. He could have checked out. I mean, there, there are. It wouldn't surprise me at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, all I'm saying is that the only thing that I heard, and I probably said when we signed Gordon Hayward was, Oh, you just wait. Brad is going to get more out of Hayward than any other coach in the league. Now that has come back to bite us in the ass because Gordon Hayward should be playing about 10 minutes a night and, it, and Brad can't do it. He can't do it. He can't sit Hayward. And it, until he does. We're going to be seeing the, the exact same basketball we've seen all year. And you know what? That could be a 10-game winning streak, or it could be two of the worst losses back-to-back in Brad Stevens' history. And I said it last week. I mean, the Eastern Conference got better. The Eastern Conference playoffs is not going to be a walk in the park. You may think you had the best team on paper coming into the season, but now with Tobias Harris, with Marcus Gasol, with um, – I, I keep on saying Vucevic, but it's not Vucevic. Miritich. Adding to the Bucks, mm. they got better. Your team is supposed to be getting better. That uh, midseason acquisition was supposed to be the new Gordon Hayward, and we haven't seen that yet. 
And so until that happens, the Celtics are going to have some problems. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The Celtics are going to have some problems. This episode of the Causeway Street Podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Right now, when you go to clnsmedia.com slash win and you enter the promo code CLNS50, you'll get a 50% bonus back on your deposit. That's right. So pretty much, if you put down 100 they're going to give you $50 to play with. If you put down 200 you get $100 to play with. You just had to do math right there. And it took me a while to figure it out. But you know what, Sean? <laughs> I'm glad you're chiming in right now because you can attest to... How much money you can actually win on betterline.ag? Yeah, man, I'm on a little bit of a cold streak right now, but that's not to say that I haven't won money before. I've won plenty. Cold streak? You won money like a week ago. I, I won against the Super Bowl, but I had a, I had a three-team parlay last night that I overreached. And the ah, fucking Spurs, they see, killed me. I forgot. Sean plays like every other day, so that's yeah. probably why. Betterline.ag, great site, does everything for you. Go there, get your money back, get your 50% deposit. And plus, the Raptors take on the Nets. And the spread's at about 11 points right now. I'm just saying, even though it's in Toronto, I, I'm going to put my money on the, on the, on the, on the nets at that point. I don't think they're a lot of, they're a team that loses by double digits many, many times. Yeah. So you don't want to miss out on the big money that you can make. All right. So if you go to clnsmedia.com slash win and you enter the promo code clns50, you can win big money. Betonline.ag, your go-to website to win big money on sports betting. Head to clnsmedia.com slash win and answer the promo code CLNS50. All right. Let's get back to the Celtics and uh, how they can fix things, right? No. No, they can't? I don't know. Shit. All right. So first up on our list of Celtics riders that are joining us as we try to diagnose this team, trying to find a solution for the Celtics. He works for SB Nations. You can see his work on Celticsblog.com. He is Chris Grenham. What's up, Chris? Welcome back. What's up, fellas? How we doing? What's up, Chris? So, Chris, you were in that locker room Good. Saturday night. Um, before yeah. Marcus Morris spoke to the media, because by my understanding, he was the last person that spoke. Um, did you feel the tension already when you came into the locker room? I mean, obviously, I'm sure it wasn't like people blasting music and in and, and, and a good mood pretty much. But did you feel like maybe there were there may have been like an argument or maybe there's like a players only meeting that we don't know about? What was the vibe when you first uh, got inside the Suns locker room? Yeah. I don't think there was a meeting or anything. I mean, it was the same sort of thing when we were outside the locker room before they opened. The guys like Daniel Tice and Aaron Baines and a couple of guys trickling out early. The the normal guys who were the first ones out of the locker room. Once we got in there, though, it was pretty quiet. Kind of like it is after like a playoff loss or that sort of thing where it's very, I don't want to say somber, but like no one's really talking to each other. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. No one was talking at all last night. Uh, there was... A decent amount of noise, though, coming from the adjacent weight room. And it turned out that one of those guys was Marcus Morris uh, alongside Chevy Ojoy. So you could hear them. They were slamming medicine balls in the adjacent weight room, which is pretty on brand for Semi Ojoy. Uh, he actually did that on Thursday after the Lakers lost, too. Those are the only pregame workouts that I can really remember this year. So you could hear them, like, working out next door, but that was really it. And the players went through their interviews pretty quickly. And then the two of them, like, moseyed on out of the weight room. And we stuck around to wait for Marcus Morris because, as we all know and found out once again last night, he doesn't really sugarcoat things. He kind of lets everyone know exactly how he's feeling right off the bat. So we waited around for him, and it was it was definitely worth the wait. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously those quotes speak for themselves. What what do you contribute this to? Like, where where is this coming from? It all, and I'll – it seems like Marcus Morris has been 
Mr. Celtic, Mr. Six Man, or Mr. Starter for most of the Mr. year, Positive, right? Yeah. yeah, he's been the glue guy that everyone said that they, uh, you know, most <laughs> like valuable player on the mm-hmm. Celtics from start to finish this year. So, where is this coming from? If you had to pinpoint uh, w- one place, yeah, it is kind of weird. I mean, the fact that he's being candid out of anyone isn't weird because that's what he's done his entire career. Right. But you're right, his role this season, he's been kind of like the glue guy for the first quarter of this season probably more than that he was the most consistent guy on this loaded roster which was a shock to everyone and he's still having a good year he's averaging 14 and a half points a game six rebounds he's shooting close to 50 percent from the field there's a lot of people making a push for him to get into the three-point contest so it's not like he has been you know really really struggling but clearly this has been weighing on him for a little bit of time now and it's just kind of blew up after last night I mean if anything is going to get you to blow up. It's it's last night. Right. I mean, twenty eight point lead. You have the best first half in a couple seasons, and then you turn around and have the worst third quarter and the worst second half in quite some time as well. So I think it was just weighing on him, and I think there's a lot of issues in that locker room that we don't really know about. And he did briefly hint at it across that six minute media availability by saying, you know, it's not about shots. It's not about doing your own thing. It's about winning a championship, and that's where the focus and the main goal needs to be. But I think. That specific part is one of the bigger things I took from it. Maybe that there are guys there that are trying to get their shots, whether it's because they're in a contract year like Terry Rozier and even Marcus Morris, or it's just they're playing an individualistic style, which which won't work. So I think it has a lot of a lot to do with guys maybe shot chasing. And if anyone's going to call people out for that, it's Mook. So I'm, I'm going to obviously we're having a couple people on today, a couple writers on today. I'm going to ask everyone my theory. My theory is that this is coming to a head post trade deadline. There was no decision made on how this team is being built going forward. Mm. Is it going to be the young guys? Are we going to build around them? Or is it going to be this group? Uh, or is it, you know, Kyrie and free agent and all that, all that? There's, there's no resolution yet. Does that have a factor? So in the you think room? you think like uh, are you are you saying like they should have found uh, found a little bit of identity at the deadline and they didn't do so? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've looked at it all year of being the the young guys versus the veterans on this team. In my opinion, I mean, yeah, it, I, I I think that's fair. I mean, I don't think anyone. I, obviously, it's tough to speculate. You can't go inside the mind of a player, but at least from an outsider's perspective and someone who's around the team, I know Joe Sway, you could probably attest to this too. It didn't feel like they were going to make a move at the deadline at all. I'm not sure what it felt like from a player's standpoint, but I think the identity thing that you touched on is pretty key because this team doesn't have an identity. And even when they were winning 10 games in a row, you know, they won. This is a team that won 10 out of 11 just last week. Like they were rolling heading into Thursday night's game against the Lakers, and suddenly it's all up in flames. So that right there speaks to the lack of identity, I think, because. If a team is fine in that regard, then a couple losses isn't really going to shake them up that much. But he said it. I mean, even when they were winning, I think Mark Murphy from the Boston Herald is the one who asked him. He said, you know, even when you're winning, and he just repeated it, he said it hasn't been fun. It has not been fun. So I think the identity issue is is definitely uh, one that stands out here. All right, Chris, we'll get you out on this. Um, so aside from Marcus Morris, of course, one of the quotes that really was eye-opening to me was what Brad Stevens had to say after the game. Now, Brad, this has been a pattern all season long, right? Whenever the Celtics are down on their luck, whenever they're going through their ruts, it feels like he always takes the blame. He always says, it's on me. 
I need to figure out a way yeah. to get these guys going. I need to figure out a way to, you know, uh, a solution for the, the middle quarters. For Maybe I need to do a lineup change. We have to go back and figure it out. It's on me. Are you surprised that up until now he's still saying that? Is it time for him to sort of not necessarily point the finger at his players, but start to say, hey, look, this needs to be done better or, you know, for, for a general standpoint of players needing to, to mesh differently. Like, I'm looking to see if Brad Stevens will make a drastic approach, maybe not just lineup change, but also in terms of his attitude when, when he really needs to hold his players or his team accountable. Yeah, I mean, Luke also hinted at that last night. He said, if you got to take me out of the lineup, do it, whatever needs to be done. But I think you're right. I think this is probably – Brad Stevens has had a really successful coaching career going back to when he was at Butler. But I think this is probably his toughest group. Of course, it's one of his most talented groups, but with all that depth comes issues. There's a lot of egos in that locker room. It can create a lot of problems. So I think it's time for him to maybe make a little bit of an adjustment on his end because at some point you're just continuously pushing this off again and again and again. And if you continue to do that, it's just going to build up and you're going to get guys like Morris last night just kind of having this thing blow up in the team's face. So at some point, Brad Stevens is going to have to point the finger or not necessarily in the media, maybe behind closed doors, but he's going to have to approach this issue and face it straight up and be like, hey, you know what, we have an identity problem. We need to change whether that means looking each other in the face in the locker room and, and have another team meeting or whatever it may be. He's going to have to come at a less passive mindset. I mean, that's how he's gotten by throughout his entire career. And I don't mean getting by in a – in a bad way. He's been a, he's an unbelievable coach, but I think it's time for him to maybe change his off the court coaching style. All right. He is Chris Grenham. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Grenham. Also check out his work over on Celticsblog.com. And you can also find him on YouTube, the CLNS media YouTube channel where we're at every single uh, Celtics home game after every single Celtics home game with plenty of commentary following every single game. Chris, I appreciate you stopping by, man. Thanks. Thanks. Dallas. Have a good one. All right, Sean, let's keep it moving. Uh, next up on the College Street Podcast is Christian Arcan from the Sports Hub. Sports Hub 98. there for a second, man? Christian Arcan. No, I was going to say Sports <laughs> Hub's Christian Arcan, but I said, yeah, I'll say his name first. You know, keep the guys. Uh, I was trying to keep it a surprise, I guess. But you know what? Here he is. Christian Arcan joins us of the Sports Hub. What's up, Christian? That was a lengthy introduction, Josue. Thank you very it much. It was. It's been a like... while, man. We were just talking about how the last time you were on – DeMarcus Cousins, we found out while we were recording that DeMarcus Cousins was a uh, going to be a member of the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was crazy. I remember that. And now uh, there's more breaking news today as I come on with you. Woj just said that uh, Kyrie Irving's knee is going to be all right and he's going to be day-to-day, which I guess is good news, but <laughs> the team sure fell apart without him last night. Mm-hmm. My God. Yeah, yeah. I guess all is right in the world with the Celtics, but no, not really. It's the exact opposite. I mean, in, in light of Marcus Morris's comments, Following Saturday night's loss against the Clippers, uh, what, what's your what's your take on it? Do you do you think that this is something that, uh, well, obviously according to him, so he says he's been going on for quite some time now. But do you think this is something that most of the players would agree upon? I mean, we have to wait and see. I'm sure they will be uh, they'll be questioned in tomorrow's practice session at the uh, Red Auerbach Center. But what? How did the Celtics bounce back from this? Like, what's the next move, especially for someone like Brad Stevens who hasn't necessarily dealt with something like this? Yeah, that's an important point about Stevens. I'll say this. I mean, Marcus Moore, I'm not calling him a liar or anything. I wouldn't do that. I'd like to keep my phones in my face all, you know, intact. But (laughs) I I look at, like, uh, his comments, and I think, well, wait a minute. You just won 10 out of 11 games. I saw you guys on the the bench high-fiving each other. I saw you guys hugging each other. It seemed like you were having fun. Hell, 
it doesn't you don't have to go back that far. How about in the first quarter, in the first half of that game against the Clippers last night? Before Kyrie hurt his knee, he was on the bench with everybody. They were high-fiving. They were running showtime on the Clippers for most of that first half. And they all seem to be getting along just fine right there. Now, obviously, Morris has his, you know, issues. And, you know, we, we've seen him and Jalen Brown sort of barking at each other, pushing each other, like that sort of thing. So, I mean, I don't, I don't chalk this up to, uh, to just him being wrong. But it does sort of seem like, you know, this team, man, they, they swing way in these extreme directions, like all season long. When they're winning, they're really winning. But then when they lose, even if it's a couple of bad losses in February, I mean, we're not even to the All-Star break yet, but every time this team goes in a little skid, oh, God, it just seems like so much more, doesn't it? And the, and the players are partially responsible because after every loss, it seems like Kyrie's got all these things to say. Morris says they haven't had fun in months. I mean... They don't make it easy when it comes to the drama, do they? Yeah, no, they definitely don't. And and the strange thing is, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. They just don't lose. They lose mm. horribly. Yeah. Like I'm just, yeah. they, I feel like they only have a, a handful of losses on the season and or in the last couple of months. But it's been the Knicks. It's been the Suns. It's been the Clippers. It's just been horrible losses, and then they can't keep their mouth shut after. Yeah, dr- definitely drama filled. Question for you here: the timing of this is interesting to me. Right after the trade deadline, where the team didn't do anything, which most of us, I think, were okay with, but there's no change. I think there's still this plethora of talent on the team with not a lot of roles. They didn't do anything at the trade deadline to really solidify that. Do you think that has anything to do with what Marcus Morris said and his outburst after the game? Yeah, I think there might be something to that. I think these young players know that they're definitely on the trade block, and I feel like they're handling it okay. Uh, I don't know what goes on in practice and, you know, what sort of gets set behind closed doors. But on the outset, it doesn't seem like they're, you know, being too outwardly vocal about any problems they have. Not like Morris, not like Irving, not like some of these other guys. Um, I don't think that – I don't think anyone really expected much to happen at the deadline here because outside of, I don't know, Robert Williams and maybe Terry Rozier, you didn't really have any chips that you could use at this deadline that wouldn't potentially – botch up a a trade for Anthony Davis. So, I mean, I wasn't expecting him to do anything. What sort of has me, you know, second-guessing that is the fact that the other three teams they're competing with in the East all did make moves, and they didn't just make moves. I mean, they they improved. Uh, The Raptors, the 76ers, and the the Bucks all, you know, picked up guys that will help them sort of stretch the floor and give them some size. And uh, I think partially they did that as a reaction to the Celtics and how hot they were and how how well they've been playing, and also because they could afford to. Um, but it just sort of strikes me as, you know, another trade deadline comes and goes, Danny stands pat, and while I didn't really have a problem with it, it's hard not to look around the rest of the Eastern Conference and think, man, you know, these other teams, they, they saw the writing on the wall. We've been the five seed all year. I mean, it's not like they've been, it's not like the Celtics have been running away with it. And then, you know, deadline comes and goes, other teams get better, and the Celtics are still sort of right where they were. And now here we go, two bad losses in a row at home. And uh, we're having these same conversations again. What does Brad Stevens do? I don't know what he does. I'm, <laughs> That's the same I'm person to say that. that. There's, <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I think that there's rotational things he can do. I think that, you know, maybe the time has passed for Gordon Hayward to be getting a guaranteed 25 minutes a night. I think that's certainly fine. Uh, in that Laker game, when the Celtics were getting pasted in that third quarter, you know Kyrie Irving played all 12 minutes in that third quarter? Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it clearly wasn't working. Terry Rozier was having his, one of his better shooting games of the year, and they just left Kyrie out there to turn the ball over and kind of twist in the wind. 
Uh, he eventually got better in the fourth, but I mean, that third quarter was just abysmal. And he's slow with timeouts. He's having a hard time, I think, managing the, the egos or the personalities on this team. And, you know, I, as far as you ask, like, what should he do? I, I'm not really, I, I feel like he's tried a lot of different things. I mean, he's tried vastly overhauling the starting lineup. He's tried different, you know, different things. The only thing he hasn't really tried is benching Gordon Hayward and, you know, I don't think that's going to solve all your problems. So I think Brad's in a tough situation here. I don't think there's any one magical uh, answer. But if I were to start somewhere, it would be with rotations and minutes and, and who's getting them and who deserves them. I think that's where you start. How much does Kyrie Irving play a part in this? Because I feel like we've just been having this conversation all season long about his leadership, questioning whether it's a good leader. And then as soon as we see like a, a, a was it five-game winning streak, as soon as it seems like they're going to turn the corner, here we are with the, the lowest of the lows that we've seen all season long happen Saturday night. This, is this a matter of maybe Kyrie Irving not being the necessary leader or the right leader for this team? Or do you think this is just a matter of youngins or the younger players, I should say, not being able to mesh with each other alongside the veterans like Kyrie, Al Horford, and, and Marcus Morris? You know, it's funny that you mentioned this because I would, we were talking about this this week. Like Kyrie Irving and LeBron James both had like pretty clear visions of what they thought this year was going to be like for them. In the in the pre or off season, I should say, like LeBron thought that Paul George would be there. He thought maybe they'd get Kawhi Leonard. He thought Davis might, you know, like there was there was a plan there, and it didn't come out like that. Obviously, he's there with all these twenty year olds and uh, Lance Stevenson and Javale McGee and Rondo. So, like you know that that went sideways for him. For Kyrie, kind of the same thing. Like Kyrie thought that he'd be the superstar. Gordon Hayward would be his assistant superstar and everybody else would just sort of fall in line like that and that you know they'd roll over the east and that obviously hasn't gone either and i think that you know both lebron and Kyrie are sort of looking at the situations they're in and thinking yeah we want to be leaders but not not like this like lebron doesn't want to lead a team full of 21 year olds and that's what he has basically like that's not that was never the plan that he set out for and once the free agents started drying up he had to settle for these bozos like McGee and Stevenson and you know that's him and Kuzma and Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and (laughs) over on uh, the Celtics side too you got Brown and and Tatum who are now elevated here and and have to pick up the slack behind Hayward who just can't you know play a consistent game so I don't know I mean they're they're showing the world I think what kind of leaders they're capable of being LeBron certainly has I don't know if Kyrie ever will but you know it's not leaders of teams like they have like they need they need to lead a team where they're the number one superstar out of two or three, not the superstar surrounded by either underachieving veterans or just a bunch of 20-year-olds. Like, that's not – they're not capable of, of winning in this league like that. You can't when the when the Warriors are there and Houston and all these other teams. Uh, it's just – it's you can't sustain it. Yeah, it, sound, it sounds like they want an easy team to lead, like, which is, which is not, yeah. not leadership in my opinion, but, hey, that's the NBA. <laughs> All right, Christian, we'll get you out on this. Um, obviously, the, uh, the the talk around town heading into the trade deadline was the fact that the Celtics uh, now have a shot at Anthony Davis. Uh, Anthony Davis stayed put. He's still a member of the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. He is going to be available for a trade for the Celtics. Uh, moving forward, obviously, with all this going on with the Celtics, do you see this being a situation where if the Celtics aren't able to put together a trade for Anthony Davis, that it is a foregone con- conclusion that Kyrie Irving will, in fact, lead the Celtics? Well, you know, kind of, yes, I think so. I think that Kyrie will consider sticking around, and I think that the way that this season goes will impact that a lot for the Celtics. Like, if they make it to the NBA Finals, I think Kyrie's probably going to stay regardless. Win the Finals, I think he'll definitely stay. But you never know. I mean, Kyrie's his own guy. 
if it you know hinges on something like Davis, well, that's that's interesting because like best case scenario, right? You trade for Davis, you trade Jason Tatum or whoever in the draft pick, and maybe I don't know Rozier or somebody else. I guess not Rozier, but you know what I mean. You, you put a package together. Tatum's mm-hmm. probably the centerpiece of it. You yeah. get Davis here. Kyrie resigns, and then there's the idea of whether or not Davis will resign, which he said he doesn't want to. Um, but then there's the worst case scenario. And I think the worst-case scenario is that Kyrie leaves, you trade Tatum for Davis, Davis comes here and plays with Jalen Brown and Mark Smart and whoever else, and, and Gordon Hayward, and then Davis leaves. And then you're out Kyrie, you're out Davis, you're out Tatum, and mm-hmm. that's kind of it, right? Like, I mean, all the fruits and labor from that uh, trade with Brooklyn and the Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, like, that's all sort of come to this moment here. And if mm-hmm. you... If you're so obsessed with getting Anthony Davis in, even for one year, that you'll give up Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving also leaves, Davis ain't staying here. I mean, there's no way. And then all of a sudden, you're sitting there without Kyrie, without Davis, without Jason Tatum, and without any more assets to play with, with the exception of like a couple of draft picks, which are losing value by the hour here. Mm-hmm. Like The doomsday scenario for all of this is pretty realistic, and it's really bad, so... I hope Danny knows what he's doing. It seems like he's going the bold route here, and fortune favors the bold. But I, I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a way that this could all go horribly wrong. Man, you just spelled that Yo, out, man. I'm having real. nightmares over here, man. Fucking broke that down. Jesus. I mean, Listen, I, I maybe I've been sitting next to Jones too long. That I know, yeah, that that, dude. Well come on, you got to separate over there, man. That's Yo, not you good. just broke down the Brad Stevens era in a nutshell, pretty much <laughs> up until this basically. Point. Hiroshima. This is Hiroshima <laughs> for Brad Stevens. Kinda. What happens. I mean, listen, we all watched that game last night. It's not that unrealistic. Like, <laughs> they can melt down like that to Montrez Harrell and the crap-ass LA Clippers. You know, I'm having all sorts of kooky thoughts over here. Yeah, but seriously, I, I mean, that's that's not that unreasonable to think that it could go that way. And if it does, oh, what a disappointment that would be. Yeah, that seriously. All of that, not win anything. But you do bring up a really good point that I've been struggling with is how does Danny trade? How does Danny sign Kyrie before he trades for Anthony Davis? Because that's that's the key right there. If he can, yeah. but will will Kyrie do that? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. It's all about how they do this year. Yeah, it depends. It. I think it depends a hundred percent on that. Like this season has to get back on the rails and fast. And I think this team needs to be really, you know. Uh, competitive down the stretch. And I know we're not even at the all-star break yet, but we're already past the halfway point, the official halfway point of the season. So, I mean, you know, 55, whatever game's in, Hayward still looks like this. Uh, you're still not getting consistent play from, from certain guys. Morris, even during that win streak, Marcus Morris was playing terrible basketball. I can see why he said this hasn't been fun for him. He sucked. But, you know, the rest of the team looked fine in that stretch. It really won't have much. <laughs> you really will be left kind of holding the bag there. And I think that's exactly the opposite of what most Celtics fans were hoping for or expecting when, uh, you know, when this big rebuild sort of started 11 years ago now, or whatever it was. Like, I mean, it's just, uh, I guess it was seven years ago, 2012. My God, seven years Jeez. ago. Yeah, yes. but, Time flies. You know, that's, that's, the, that's what we all signed up for. And, you know, it's been... It's been a long trip here, but it would just be a real tough way for it to end, and it's a realistic possibility. Hmm. All right. Christian Arcan, keeping it real here on the Cosmic Sheet Podcast. Break it down. You can listen to him on 98.5 The Sports Hub alongside Adam Jones, Monday through Friday from 6 to 10. Christian, always fun to talk Celtics with you, man. I'll, uh, we'll have you back on soon. All right. Sounds good, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. All right, man. Later. Man. 
Christian Arkin really broke that one down. Mm-hmm. Jeez, Doomsday. I could tell your your mind's just blown right now. Yeah, not 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 the best, yeah. not not the best scenario. But let's hope uh, let's hope Danny has other plans. <laughs> Sean looks like a, he looks like a boy who just lost his puppy. But you know what? Maybe Mike Petralia can cheer us up because he joins us next of CLNS Media. Mike Petralia, what's going on, man? What's going on, tracks? Guys, how are you doing? Hanging in, man. Hanging in. Just uh, I don't ki- think uh, I don't think the world's coming to an end. Okay, good, good. That's a good sign. Uh, yeah, neither really, do I, I, I think. But I just, you know, obviously it's not ideal what happened with Kyrie, but it looks like, uh, according to uh, all reports and the Celtics announcing on Sunday afternoon that uh, Kyrie's day to day with a right knee sprain, it could have been a lot worse. So um, I think they dodged a bullet, and uh, I think more importantly, the Celtics have to figure out a way to win when he's not on the court. And maybe if he takes a week off uh, or more, what have you, whatever it is, he needs to get back to full strength. Celtics need to figure it out. And they, th- there is some thinking that the Celtics last year did figure it out, and that's why they went to the Eastern Conference Finals and came within a quarter of going to the NBA Finals. It's because they figured it out without Kyrie. Um, but this year, the, the chemistry is so different. And I don't quite understand why, and I don't think anybody does without being in that locker room. Do you think that everything has to do with Kyrie Irving? I mean, I know some people may feel that way. Some people even say the, the craziest things, like, this team is actually better without Kyrie Irving. Now, of My- course they're not. I mean, right. that's, that's just ridiculous. Um, the issue is, though, for whatever reason, guys that stepped up last year, have not been able to step up to that same level this year, namely Terry Rozier. And I think some of the trade rumors got to Terry, and I think it bothered him, and I think he's admitted as much. Uh, And I think without Terry Rozier playing at the level that he played last year um, as the point guard um, and starting so many games, I think that's one of the reasons the chemistry on the court is not the same when Kyrie's on the bench. And I think they, that's something they've got to figure out. They've got to figure out a way to get Terry Rozier going. Right now, uh, Marcus Smart is your best point, is your best guard, not named, um, or best playmaking guard, not named Kyrie Irving. Uh, clearly, I mean, Jason Tatum can play the two, um, and has. And there are other options as well, Jalen Brown, but they're not real ball handlers. I mean, Tatum is to a degree, but not, uh, again, not the way Terry Rozier was last year when he was going at full tilt. And that's, you know, something they've got to figure out. The other thing they've got to figure out is who's going to take charge in the locker room uh, who is not named Kyrie Irving. And, you know, I just don't think that this team is the same uh, when Kyrie's not involved. And I don't know how that dynamic changed from last year to this year, but it's definitely different. So speaking of locker room leadership, Marcus Morris had a lot uh, to say last night, to be to be frank. I mean, he, he basically calling out the team, saying it hasn't been fun for months or weeks or whatever the quote was. Um, not a positive quote, or not a leadership quote, I would say. Um, but let me ask you, I've asked everybody else, do you think that the disgruntled nature of Marcus Morris's um, words last night. Do you think that has to do at, at all with the fact that 
The rest of the East got better at the trade deadline, and the Celtics really didn't do anything to help solidify their roles on their team? I think there's some legitimacy to that. Yep. Um, I think that's actually a great point. And I think there are veteran players who look at the the trade deadline, and obviously Marcus Morris wouldn't have uh, mentioned that uh, specifically on Saturday night after the game if it wasn't on his mind. And his quote was, look, this is the team we're going to roll with. The trade deadline has come and gone, and this is the team we're going to roll with, and we've got to figure that sleep out. Um, clearly, that's a, that's a message both to Danny Ainge and to the rest of the team. Yeah, you know, we may be frustrated, some of us in this locker room, that more was not done to help this roster, but we got to, you know, find a way to work with what we have and understand that Danny Ainge felt confident in this group as constituted to get to the NBA Finals, and we've got to figure it out. You know, some of the things that stood out to me wasn't necessarily what Marcus Morris had to say, but also what Brad Stevens had to say. There's a few quotes. Now, we mentioned one of them earlier in the show, but the other one I really want to get to, uh, especially with you, Trags, was when um, I thought it was interesting when he talked about how a team like the Clippers, for example, they cannot erase a 28-point deficit if they don't necessarily like each other. Now, he said that you could tell by their personnel that this is a team that generally likes each other. They like to play with each other. Now, Gary Washburn followed up with a great question saying, well, Coach, you just said that. What does a team that gives up a 28-point lead say about itself when they're able to give up the, those amount of points? Do you think your players like each other? And I thought it was interesting because Brad Stevens said, hey, listen, I don't want that to be taken out of context. I was saying that as an observation as to what the Clippers look like by my estimation. And then he went on and on about how the Celtics have to play better defensively. And he never really answered the question, never really said no, that's not true. They do like each other. What do you make of well, a comment okay. like that? Okay. Um, one does not lead to the other. I think, and I understand what Brad was saying there, in that, look, you can't overcome that kind of deficit without being bonded together and, and grouped together. But that doesn't mean that every team that gets along great is a great team, right? And that's what Brad would tell you, that it's more about, when a team is going well, it's easy to have chemistry. When a team isn't going well, then the chemistry is questioned. It doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have good chemistry. It simply means that um, it's easy to feel good about yourself when you start to play well. And that's, I think, what Brad was getting at. And I'm not trying to speak for him or put words into his mouth um, or defend him or what have you, but I think that's kind of what he was getting at. Do you think the Celtics generally like each other, though? Do you think there may be some friction, maybe not just amongst a couple uh, players, yeah. but a lot of players? Look, we, I mean, we had the same conversation with, um, you know, when the Red Sox had their issues or when the Patriots had, uh, you know, the issues, not this year, but last year between Belichick Brady and Robert Kraft. There's a productive tension, I guess it was called, by uh, Robert Kraft. And that's what I think the Celtics ideally would like to have is some type of productive tension where the com- competitiveness comes across publicly as tension, but internally everybody's working towards the same goal. And uh, right now, you know, you would assume that everybody's working towards the same goal 
But what I would say now is that there is a large degree of frustration uh, between veterans and younger players, Mm -hmm. and that's what Brad Stevens and his staff have to figure out. Okay, how do we get rid of the frustration but still keep the, the, the tension that I think when tension is channeled properly, guys, it produces um, a desire and a will. And, you know, all great teams with internal competitiveness have that tension. And I think there's a fine line, and that's what the Celtics, frankly, have struggled with all, all year long from the beginning of the year. All right, Trags, last question here. Um, no Kyrie. You get you you have to travel down after two awful losses. Travel down to Philadelphia. They're at full strength. They got Tobias Harris. I'm assuming Jimmy Butler's back in action. Mm-hmm. Yep. It feels uh, like every time these two teams play each other, <clears throat> Philly's got a new look. Yep. Yeah. Um, sort of a must-win game for the Celtics, in my opinion. What's your opinion on the game? And if Kyrie doesn't play, do they have a chance? Um, I don't think it's a must-win game. It's a regular season game, and I think the Celtics have a mental advantage over the Philadelphia 76ers because the Celtics are a smarter team. The Sixers have more talent. Uh, that's clear now. Their front-line players, their um, you know, starting five, is a more gifted, deeper, younger team than the Celtics. There's no getting around that. But when push comes to shove, I like the Celtics' ability to figure things out come postseason and beat the Sixers in a seven-game uh, seven series. Um, I wouldn't push Kyrie coming off an injury just to say, you know, we need to beat Philadelphia in a game in you know, mid-February. I think you need Kyrie at full strength, and I, I'd be surprised if he plays um, Tuesday. But if he does, that's a sign that this injury really isn't that big a deal at all. All right. He is Mike Petralia. You can follow him on Twitter at Trags. You can check him out at each and every home game, after each and every home game, Southern's home game, on CLNS Media's YouTube channel, right on the parquet reporting alongside me. Uh, Mike Petralia, I appreciate you for stopping by, man. Always always fun talking basketball with you. Yeah, thanks, Trags. We just have some more drama to cover in the Celtics. I know what's new, right? I'm telling people, man, this year has been fun because it's just you don't know what's going to happen next. It's like a soap opera. Well, Trags, we we had a whole a whole episode after they've won ten. Uh, what was it? Nine out of ten, mm-hmm. and we didn't mention right. basketball once last episode. Mm-hmm. It's just so much going on off court with this team. It's crazy. It is. It'll be fun. Later, Trags. All right, guys. Take care. All right. I think it's a must win. Yeah, I think, I think it's a I must think win. so too because like we said last episode, right? We had this stretch where okay, you can maybe drop one mm-hmm. and we had that Philadelphia Sixers game as that one loss. They dropped two now. You drop you you're coming off you're coming they off two. You're coming off probably one of, one of your worst back-to-back losses all year. If not the worst back-to-back loss all year. Uh, both home games, both against LA teams, both struggling this teams. Is like the worst loss of brass teams is tenure. There wasn't any. Yes, that you blew twenty a twenty eight point lead. Yeah, that's the first time he's ever done a that. twenty eight point lead yeah. to the Clippers. Who? But one thing about that quote you mentioned, they don't know each other. They all just got <laughs> traded. The Bradley's gone. Harris is gone. That Boban's gone. That, that team doesn't even know each other. They don't even like each other. <laughs> he even said in the middle too. He was like, "Well, I mean." 
generally speaking, you know, no, 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 I, know, they, I know a lot of new players there, but they don't know, know they don't know each other. They don't even know each other's first names. Probably <laughs> what's his name? Schmidt, Schmidt, what the fuck? Whatever the fuck his name is. He got oh, drafted yeah, before. Yeah, got drafted uh, Schmidt, before yeah, 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 yeah. Guy didn't play a lick in Philly. Nope. Comes to the Clippers, drops. Drops 15 in the, what was it, third and fourth quarter. Just went off. And Spaz. What, Garrett Temple, too, right? He was part yeah. of a trade. He's, he's out there balling. Oh, man. I've never seen Doc so happy. After yeah, a, man. After uh, a win. Normally, he still looks happy at the Garden just because he's there, even when his team loses. But he was especially happy Saturday. No. Must win versus Philly. 100% no, must, must win. Okay, because after Philly, you got Detroit. And then you go into the All-Star break. And then after the All-Star break, who's waiting for you? You got Milwaukee. Yep. You got Toronto. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're going for that West Coast road trip where, like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen against the Lakers now. What's going to happen when you see the Clippers again? You never, you never, you never expect more than a 50% winning percentage on the road out on your West Coast trip. You know what I mean? Anything above 500 is good, but you're not going to keep up with the rest of the East if you're doing that. Meanwhile, the Southerners are in fifth place right now. Uh, the Pacers, a team that lost Victor Oladipo, they don't care. They're on a fucking winning streak. It doesn't yep. even matter at this point. Don't trust me. I, I bet streak. against them. I, I, I put some money on Cleveland last night to beat them. That didn't work out. Ah, uh, better online, huh? Yeah, better online, yeah, yeah. better online. That uh, had a had a rough night last night. Anyways, oh, my my one thing that the reason why I say it's a must win. You can talk about the losses. The losses were awful, but what's this team's biggest question mark right now? Chemistry and identity. What do they do if Kyrie can't play? If, Ky- if without Kyrie, this team has sucked this year, right? Safe to say, very different from last year. This is their test. If Kyrie's out, let's see. Can Tatum step up? Can Horford step up? Can Jalen Brown step up? Can Hayward step up? Can somebody can can this team without Kyrie Irving scoring thirty points and shooting, you know, five to six threes and ten assists? Can they win? Can they win against a big team? So this will be a big test for the rest of the squad. And hey, I hope Marcus Morris is ready to play, man. I hope he's ready to play. Because I mean, you have to after all that. I'm just saying you have to be able to perform. We'll see. All right, time to wrap up this episode of the Cosby Street Podcast. I mean, we've talked about Marcus Morris. We've talked about Brad Stevens, Kyrie Irving, and I cannot wait to see what Joel thinks about all this because uh, he's sort of been our silver lining guy all season long. So I can't wait to see what he uh, what he has to say about what unfolded Friday or excuse me Saturday night against the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Joel Pavone joins us on the Cosby Street Podcast. Joel, your initial reaction to what Marcus Morris had to say, how frustrated he is, obviously, to be pretty much a member of the Boston Celtics because he's just not feeling the squad. And what does that say about the team as a whole, A? And B, what does it say about Kyrie Irving's leadership? Let's just start right there. Um, Well, I guess winning doesn't solve everything, as we all thought it would. I mean, the fact that since their 10-10 and start, the Celtics are 25-10, and and in that span, they've pretty much been the the best team in the league, even though in the standings it doesn't reflect it, in the East especially. But um, everything that Kyrie has said over the last couple of weeks and even what he said about his uh, pending free agency, it's like how do you kind of ignore that and go out and play ball when there's like this, I don't know, something's like, anchor that's like hanging over people's heads despite that the trade deadline is coming gone and you blow two you know double digit leads uh, 28 point lead against the Clippers who pretty much uh, have 
decided to tank for the rest of the season, so they have nothing to lose. Um, you know, you you blow an 18-point lead against the Lakers, and now we don't know if Kyrie Irving's going to be out long-term, I mean, you know, for a long period of time with his other knee that that's not strictly repaired. And I don't know. Like, I mean, the bench has been playing well lately, but it's all water under the bridge at this point. About all right, Joel. Right, let, let, let me ask you something. So I've asked this to everybody so far. Oh, well, hold on real quick, though. Um, Woj actually tweeted out a report a couple hours ago that um, Kyrie Irving is considered day-to-day. Uh, we're not sure about his status. Uh, against Philadelphia Tuesday night, but he is considered day to day, saying that the injury wasn't as serious as uh, some may have uh, assumed when he left the game. So that's a good thing for the. Celtics. I don't believe that, by the way. But Sean's not buying it. So. No, I don't believe that. Well, Sean, Sean, Sean doesn't buy anything that any report comes out. No, nope. when it comes to like when it comes when it to, comes to like the, the Celtics. When it comes to Kyrie Irving and his knees, I'm always gonna. I, I, yeah, I will, because of what? Because of last year? No, because you, you every that, year, every year, year, man, it's every his, year. It's his right knee, though. It's not his left. It's I'm just gonna say. Knee. I'm just gonna say. It says day to day. That means to me a month. He's out a month. So he's not gonna play against Philly. No, I don't no, know. He's not gonna play I would be. I wouldn't Philly. be surprised if he just. Why? Okay, put it this way. Against, he's supposed to be out a month. I guess it seemed like the Clippers. You saw what happened. You saw what unfolded after he was after he hurt his knee. I wouldn't be shocked if, even if Kyrie wasn't. 100%, which he obviously isn't, or even if Kyrie was in a space where he's not supposed to play, I could see Kyrie Irving playing right now because he's like, look, we have to finish strong heading into the All-Star break. This is against the Philadelphia 76ers. I can go out there, perform, and you know what? I'll rest up throughout the All-Star break. I'll play, I don't know, 14, 15 minutes in the All-Star game. We already know Kyrie Irving. Kyrie's Ky- not playing in the Kyrie All-Star game. Kyrie doesn't give a shit about the All-Star yeah, game. No and you're right. Or maybe you are right. Maybe he doesn't even play in the All-Star game. But I think at the end of the day, he wants to finish the All-Star break, or he wants to finish up until the All-Star break strong, and then rest up for a week now, because back in the day, that wasn't the case. Now they have a week to rest. Kyrie Irving's going to take advantage of that. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out and plays against Philly, sits out against the D- Detroit Pistons, and then rests up before the second half of the season. Or at least just say the, the fourth quarter of the season, because that's pretty much what it is now. I don't I don't trust I, I trust Woj, but I just don't believe that the Celtics will go day to day with Kyrie Irving. Even if he's saying that, I don't think the Celtics will. They're gonna play very cautious with that. Joel, question for you. I've asked everybody else this. I've asked everybody else this. Marcus Morris's comments came very um they sort of seemed like they came out of the blue for Marcus Morris who's been Mr. Celtic all year. Do you think or do you see any correlation between the fact that every other team in the Eastern Conference got better at the trade deadline and the Celtics stood pat? Do you think there's any frustration coming there from Marcus Morris's comments where they didn't do anything to define any of the roles on this team? Yeah, but if they did do something, that would affect Marcus Morris directly in terms of playing time. And let's be honest, he hasn't been playing all that well the last few games. I mean, he, he played decent against the Clippers, but the last the last week or two weeks or so, he hasn't been playing all that well. But because the bench has come in and done what they've been doing, it kind of matched everything. And again, when when you're when you're winning, you know things like that are not. There's not they're not he's not under a microscope, but they they they've lost like these two. These two losses against, against the two LA teams, they're they're huge in a sense because you they were they had such great momentum, and yeah, the other teams got better. But let's not forget 
that they are focused on the Celtics. Like these are the reasons that the reason the main reason why they made these these moves are because they're worried about the Celtics. Philly, they got Tobias Harris, but how much playoff experience does Tobias really have? Or Jimmy Butler, how healthy is he going to be down the stretch and into the postseason? Sure, but doesn't sure, but doesn't that move right, make right. it? Doesn't that move make it, Joel, that they're shooting for this year? Well, obviously they're shooting for this year because they want to keep Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris because they're both on expiring deals, or at least Jimmy can opt out of his contract in the summer. But the Gasol trade for, too. I mean, the Gasol Philly, trade Philly too. Wise. And then and then and then Toronto obviously they want to they want to keep Ky- um, Kawhi happy and 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 show Kawhi like yeah we are a championship contending team. You know, with Mark with now with the addition of Marcus All, which he could come off the bench or start either one. It's, they're, they're still they're still a good team. The Sixers right now they have the identical record in the Celtics, and and why is everybody shitting on the Celtics when the Sixers they they they've been in they've been in the same position as the Celtics right now. All I'm saying is though, Joel Marcus Morris not going to be back on the team this year next year, right? Most likely, most likely, right. Most every, likely, but whatever. Every, every, yeah, we'll see, right? Well, everything that the Celtics are doing is not for this year. It seems like it's for next year. And I, I think that's where some of the frustration for Marcus Morris is coming from. And Kyrie Irving's in that same boat, too. Terry Rozier's in that same boat, too. Like, they, they, everything is, is not being done for this year. It's being done for Anthony Davis and then Kyrie jo- to join up with Anthony Davis in the following years. So, I think I think that's I think when I say frustration that they didn't make a move, I don't know what the move is. I don't know what the move is. Apparently, Danny said that there was deep talks about one player being moved. Who knows if it was Marcus Morris if they was the player, right? Did you guys hear that on Toucher and Rich? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe Marcus yeah, Morris was the player that they were talking about moving, and that's where the frustration's coming from. So, I mean, there's a there's a lot of moving parts here, but the fact that he's an unrestricted free agent. And they didn't, and and everyone else in the East got better. It could be just coming coming to that that point for him. But if 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 Anthony Davis was was available in terms of like the Celtics could trade for him and and keep Kyrie, that probably would have been done already, don't you think? Oh yeah, one thousand percent. All right then. So if that's the only move that the Celtics want to make, and they can't make it until July, then they then they trust that everything else. Or, or or this roster is good enough to make a push at least at least to the conference finals. All right, we'll see what happens, uh, Joel. In the meantime, uh, we'll get in here for we'll all get together for the uh, for for our, our, our annual uh, top twenty five players in the NBA for the All Star break. We'll get that episode ready for you guys, of course, for All Star weekend as we uh, gear up for the. Uh, wait, what? Let me ask one more question. Keep oh, okay. going. Yeah, just, just keep going. Well, we'll we'll gear up for the break and we'll see what happens between now and then because um, I don't know, like like. Some people might not see the Philadelphia 76ers as a, as a big game, but right now, I, I think it is a big game. I think all these games are big for the Celtics because right now you're in, you're in the fifth seed, you're locked into that fifth seed, and if you don't start winning games now, you're going to be in a tough spot because looking forward, you're seeing the top teams that are ahead of you, and it's going to be tough because, one, they're going to be on the road, and two, they're teams that are better right now. They're failing themselves. The Philadelphia 76ers are one of those teams. The Milwaukee Bucks are another one. And the Toronto Raptors are just as up there as anyone else. They're on the top of the Eastern Conference. So I, I, I see all these games as it's almost must-wins at this point. And if you go two out of three against those top three teams, then you're in pretty good shape. But moving forward, the Celtics have to figure things out because um, you 
want to have home court advantage heading through the postseason. And after the All-Star break, like I said, back in the day, that used to be like the halfway mark. But nowadays, you're heading into the fourth quarter of the regular season. And that's been the stride that most Brad Stevens-led teams have picked things up and have picked up that momentum heading into the postseason. I'm hoping we'll see the same this year. Well, let me, let me, let me ask you all this real quick. If, this, if Kyrie doesn't play against Philly and, and the Celtics beat Philly, how much is that? How much do you put stock into that? A lot, a lot. I mean? asked this to Trags earlier. I said, I said, is this a must-win game? Which I think it's a must-win game because I think there's this underlying feeling on this team that the Celtics can't do anything without Kyrie. And that was going to be my question to you. Actually, was that if if Kyrie is out for let's say day to day, but let's say that turns into two or three weeks. What are the Celtics' chances of, of keeping up the pace they've been on? The Celtics have to prove that they can win without Kyrie, and I think this is the Philly Philly game's gonna be a perfect example of it. And if it keeps going and Kyrie is out for a couple of weeks, they need to continue to prove to do that. Yeah, but does that does that mean that the Celtics are better without Kyrie? Like No. No, I don't I'm not saying that. I'm just I mean, yet oh. Maybe I'll say that later. No, you better not say that. But Whack no, I just state. I just think that the Celtics need to prove that they can do something without Kyrie saving them every time. I mean, that's when Kyrie doesn't have it, a la the Lakers game. Look what happens, you know. I don't know. I think that, yeah, I think that's I a mean, huge question yeah. on this team. Yeah, but let's let's not forget that Kyrie didn't have a great game against the Lakers. I mean, I know he scored twenty four points, but he went ten for ten from the free throw line, and he was what six of twenty one from the field, like. That wasn't a great game for him at all. No, not at all. That's what I mean. Yeah. So right. they, they so, lost. I don't know. Yeah, it's a combination of, like, they have to figure it out, like a mixture of Kyrie, I don't know, lack of a better term, balling out when he's supposed to ball out, and, you know, the young guys and the veterans doing what they're supposed to do. Like, I don't know. It's just... Yeah, I think there's... They're, like, they're, these two losses come at a bad time, pretty much. It's just, it, it, put it like that. If these two losses were earlier in the season or after the All-Star break, like, I don't think it would be such a big deal. But because of all the drama, you know, surrounding uh, Anthony Davis and Kyrie and now Marcus Morris, now it's everything is, everybody's under a microscope now. Yeah, I think that's on Kyrie, though. I think I seriously think that's all this drama is on Kyrie because he's allowing it to happen in the locker room. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens on, what's it, Tuesday night? Tuesday night. Tuesday. In Philadelphia. Well, as long as Sean's not blaming Jalen Brown, then I'm good. As long as what? I said as long as Sean's not blaming Jalen Brown, then I'm good. This is the first podcast all year that I haven't blamed. I haven't. I don't even think I – maybe I did say Jalen Brown once. No, like you Christian didn't Arkin mention blew up our universe, but – Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. you, you didn't say anything negative, though, so that does, that's a first. All right, fine. Jalen yeah, Brown like sucks. Two, like two How about that? It's on the episode. episode. There goes the streak. Nah, it's all good. He's just – He's just he's just trying to save face. <laughs> All right, Joel. We'll see you soon, man. Yo, get right, your top twenty five ready, baby. man. Get Clay Thompson at the top of that wait. list, bro. I got you, man. Say what up to Baby J for me. I right, will do. Hey, let me ask you one thing: right. Clay Thompson better than Steph Curry still? Uh, you you know you have to find out. You have to wait and see. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not saying no. Okay. Oh, great tease! I love it. Right. I love that. That's just, that's one of my favorite parts of the. Uh, that's the, the best the part regular of the season. Best part of the regular season. Yeah, best part of the regular season. And then postseason gets interesting. All right, Joe. See you soon, man. Peace. All right. That's going to do it. College Podcast. We're up out of here. This emergency podcast is officially done. 
Sean, who wins Tuesday night, Celtics or the Sixers? Um, that's a lot. That was aggressive. I don't know, man. You don't know. Pick one. So there's a fifty percent chance one of the teams right, gonna win. I'll take the Celtics because I am like you ever watch Game of Thrones? No. Okay. Well, apparently I have to get on that because everyone looks at me. I'm part of the sons. I'm part of the sons of the harpy. That just uh, what the fuck's that mean? It's it's the ones that ended up just you know the the dragon queen was trying to like take over and everyone was like oh she's the best but then they were like no we like the old way better like whatever like they were like secretive about like overthrowing her. I'm sort of like that about Kyrie and the Celtics are better than Kyrie but I didn't say that I didn't say that. Oh, so you're on that boat now? I didn't say that. You're on that boat that this team is better without Kyrie. I didn't say wow. that. Wow. I just think that if the Celtics can win against Philly. And they show you what they showed you in last year's playoffs, and then Kyrie's out for a month, and they go on like a ten-game winning streak without Kyrie. Way more impressive than a ten-game winning streak with Kyrie just to being the best player on the team. So you're saying Kyrie's not going to play Tuesday? No, Kyrie's not playing Tuesday. Hmm. No way. All right. What happens if they win though? If they win without Kyrie, mm-hmm. feel pretty good about the fact that I may start to come out with that uh, thought that I just came out with. All right. All right, we'll wait and see. In the meantime, CosmoStreet.com has got you covered with plenty of coverage. From now up until the All-Star break, we also have our All-Star Weekend special episode coming up. Top 25 players in the NBA, we will debate them. And uh, you can, of course, chime in and let us know what you think. On Twitter, tweet us at Causeway Street. That is at Causeway Street on Twitter and, of course, on Facebook as well. Until next time, guys. Yeah, until next time, guys. See ya. Bye. So fucking weird. I know, man. That was stupid.